excited. I'm going to pray quickly, and then we are going to dive into our sermon for this morning. Thank you, Father, for this morning. Thank you for your goodness and faithfulness. Thank you that you provide for every need, God, even when we don't see it. You do, Lord God. You give us breath in our lungs this morning. We don't deserve it, Lord, yet you give it every single day. You are good and gracious and faithful and generous. We thank you, Father. Come and meet with us this morning. I pray that your word, God, your good and precious word, your eternal word, would speak to each of us uniquely this morning and meet us in our place of need in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome, guys. Give me a second. I'm just going to move this giant pulpit. Don't feel cut off here, guys. I just need space to move. <laughs> so, also love you guys sitting on the side. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to carry on our um, sermon series this morning on part three. But before we do that, I want to say a special welcome to you if you're joining us for the first time. If you're checking this thing, this faith thing out, if you're like, hey, who are these guys? Maybe you've been offended by church or people in church, but you've been brave and courageous to join us this morning. Special welcome to you. Enjoy it, relax, and I really trust that you'll experience one of our core values, which is to be warm and welcoming. We really want to see people enjoy this space. So I pray and trust that you will experience that this morning and just relax and enjoy yourself. If you're a time-conscious person, we'll be out of here by 11, just so you know. So uh, strap in and let's enjoy ourselves together. So just to catch you up on the series, we're in part three. and uh, We really felt as elders we want to encourage ourselves and all of us to look up at the Father. So the series is called Look Up and to be encouraged, to be filled with faith again. So we've had two incredible sermons already. This morning we're going to carry on with another one. And we're just giving like little deposits of hope, little deposits of encouragement, little deposits of uh, con- uh, hopefully uh, some contentment and peace for us as we go through the series. So uh, this morning I'll be continuing that. And I'm going to be um, titling the, the message this morning, Express Gratitude. Express gratitude, and we've really done a lot of that, right, towards one another, but uh, this is intentionally kind of has three uh, ways to read it. Um, Express gratitude being be expressly grateful, so like be intentionally grateful, express gratitude. The other one, show gratitude, express gratitude, so actually say thank you. And then the last one is express gratitude. It's a time, there's a time sensitivity. Like, do it quickly. If someone does something, say thank you. So um, there's three and one there. Uh, let that bulk your mind a little bit. Hopefully, maybe not. <laughs> uh, we've had quite a bit of back and forth this morning. So I'd love us just to start maybe in twos and threes around you or maybe even on your own. And uh, just start by reflecting a little bit on this past year. And I want us to write this down. So get out your phone or a piece of paper or something. And we're just going to write down one thing that you're grateful for from this past week, past three months, and the past year. So, yeah, let's take just two or three minutes to do that, think about it, um, and write it down. And, um, yeah, then we'll carry on from there. Okay. You can grab your seats again if you've moved. We're going to carry on. So my guess is that for some of us, uh, that was a super easy exercise. You might have tons of things that you're grateful for. I'd guess for some of us, maybe it was a bit more challenging. You're like, what am I grateful for? Um, And then here's a question to you. If one of those things that you're grateful for involved a person, have you told them that you're thankful? Have you said thank you? Just a thought. And we'll get back to that at the end as well. 
So I don't know about you, but um, have you ever felt taken for granted? You've done something for someone, you've served them, you've helped them, whatever, and they haven't said thank you. They haven't said anything. <laughs> They've just kind of carried on. Now, I don't know if you felt that, but if you have, if you felt taken granted for, how did that make you feel? Especially if it was something that really cost you. Cost you financially or in time or whatever. How did that make you feel? Not great, I'm sure. The thing about gratitude is that it's an emotion. So it's something we feel, right? And others, else, others don't know what we feel unless we're expressing it. And so um, the interesting thing about emo- uh, gr- gratitude as well, I'm sure you would have experienced this. If someone comes to you and says, hey, you seem really ungrateful. <laughs> You're like, okay, you think a number of things. But the first thing you think is, no, I'm really, really grateful. I promise I am. But like, oh, well, you never told me. So I had no idea. So that's generally the first response. I've experienced that many times in my marriage. And needless to say, I have now cultivated an attitude and an expression of gratitude frequently. <laughs> and the second thing is, it's a bit of a weird one, this gratitude thing. Because if someone comes to you and says, like, you seem really ungrateful, you kind of may be tempted to have the sense that that's like quite an immature thing. Like, are you really that needy? Like, do you mean me to tell you that you aren't grateful? Like, jeepers, come on, grow up a bit, you know? I mean, you don't say that, but you might be thinking that, right? And so it's like this awkward one, because you don't want to say to people, like, you're really ungrateful, but you also want to experience recognition and affirmation. We all made that way. And that's the truth. It's not immature, and it's not, um, it's not childish or whatever, because God's literally hardwired us, or hardwired us this way. Neuroscience tells us that. We are hardwired for our brains to thrive in an atmosphere of gratitude and appreciation and recognition. So it's not immature and it's not needy. It's actually, it is needy because we all need it, no matter whether we think we do or we don't. If you live and thrive, I don't know what kind of home you grew up in, but if your home was filled with gratefulness and gratitude and serving and recognition and appreciation, it was a great place to be, right? You felt wanted, needed, desired. You felt belong, like this is my people and this is my place. And so we are literally made this way to thrive in an atmosphere of gratitude. Um, I know with my kids, uh, if you had um, parents like this too, I know with my kids, the first thing, if someone gives them something, the first thing I say is, any parents? What do you say? Come on. (laughs) Or when they're younger, say thank you. Say thank you, say thank you, by number 348, they eventually say thank you. And then you can just start asking, what do you say? Because we know it's appropriate when people do something for us, when they give us something, when they've, when they've done something for us, it's appropriate to say thank you, to show gratitude. We actually owe a debt of gratitude, of gratitude to those who have done something for us or have served us or given sacrificially to us. And so it's appropriate in terms of the timing as well. And that's that express gratitude thing. When someone does something for us or serves us, it's appropriate that in the moment we say thank you because we do feel it often, right? It's this emotion we feel somewhere there. We have a sense of gratitude and to show it is really, really important. And uh, we do all experience this, this emotion of gratitude from at some point or another. But I think you get the point of what I'm getting to here is that unexpressed gratitude is perceived as ingratitude. I'm going to say that again. Unexpressed gratitude is perceived as ingratitude. No matter how grateful you feel in your heart, unfortunately, we can't see what's in your heart, right? And so we need to express a gratitude. 
Uh, it's a really, really powerful thing, and a simple thing. Our words are so powerful. And there's this incredible example of this in the life of Jesus, which we're going to transition to now. Uh, written in the Gospel of Luke. This was a man, Luke, who thoroughly investigated the life of Christ. Uh, and he wrote a wonderful Gospel. And this is from uh, chapter 17 in his Gospel. And just to give a bit of context here, Jesus is walking the long road from north to south down to Jerusalem, where he's eventually going to be murdered killed uh, and down across and rise again for our sake, for our sake, to save us. If you're a Christ follower this morning, that's Jesus heading towards that moment where that then became possible. And so he's on this long journey and he's walking between Samaria and Galilee and he's walking in the equivalent, who's been on student camp? Anyone? Students? Okay, he's walking the equivalent of an area that looks like the farm that we do camp on. It's pretty sparse. There's not a lot of people around. It's a very uh, non-populated area. Sort of there in the Karoo, if you've driven through the Karoo, there's not a lot of people everywhere. And so it's a similar sort of uh, setting uh, that Jesus is walking through. And as he's walking, he passes by a small little um, sort of uh, outlying settlement of individuals. Uh, And that's where we join the story this morning in Luke chapter 17, if you want to turn in your Bibles there. And something really significant happens on this journey. And there's a lot of significant stuff that happens in Jesus' life, right? This is one of those moments as he's walking down from, um, from Samaria to Galilee on his way to Jerusalem. Okay, let's read it. It's in Luke chapter 19 and verse 11 through 19. We'll read it kind of section by section. And then I'll unpack it a bit for us, um, the story. If you've been in church a while and you've been in kids' ministry, you've heard this a few times. I'm going to encourage you to listen with new ears and with fresh eyes. Don't let the story just pass you by. If you haven't been in kids' church and didn't grow up church, this is an insane story. Enjoy it. Okay. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. You'll see why that's really important just later. And here's the kicker where Jesus asked a really stinging question, right? Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine in the original Greek? The other nine, where? That's what it says, the other nine, where? <laughs> I don't see them. Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. So starting from the top, from verse 11 Now, Jesus, on his way to Jerusalem, he traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And then in verse 12, as he was going uh, into a village or an outlying settlement, 10 men who had leprosy met him. Leprosy, if you know what it is, was considered a highly contagious skin disease in that time. And what it does is it basically um, numbs your skin in a bit, so you can't really feel properly. And in a very agricultural society of the time, you had to do physical labor to live. And so what would happen is guys would do it, but because they couldn't sense, they'd get these terrible injuries and they'd not be able to work, so not be able to live. And because it was considered so contagious, these guys, uh, the lepers, were sent out into isolation. Sound familiar? They were sent out sick and they were sent out into isolation and made to live far away from other people. So that's what happened with these 
uh, leper colonies. And what they would do is then come together, and usually the lepers would come together in small little um, colonies and just eke out a living together. They would set, make their own little farmlands and whatever so that they could at least live and survive. And so that's a bit of context here with the, uh, the ten lepers that Jesus met along the way. And then what happened is we move on to the next part of the, the verse. They stood at a distance because they had to stand a distance from everyone. It was actually required by the law if they were going to go anyone, go anywhere. As far as I remember, they had to shout out something like, we're lepers and we're coming so that people could move out the way if they needed to go into town to buy any resources or anything. And so they stood at a distance and cried out to Jesus, uh, to Jesus in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And this is also really fascinating. This is the only group of people in the New Testament who said that thing to Jesus, Master, that word. The only other people who say the New Testament are already recognized followers of Jesus. These guys weren't yet. Yet they cried out, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. So Jesus' reputation preceded him. As he came, they knew who this guy was. They had heard of the incredible miracles he's done. And they say, have pity on us. Don't we all do that? When we're in a moment of desperation, when we know what we need, if there's someone who can help us, we cry out for help. And isn't it amazing how God then so graciously and kindly uses times of pain and suffering in our lives that we all cry out to him and reach out to him. And that's what happened in a moment for these guys. I'm going to go on a little bit of a sidebar here, but we know that that leper colony was made up of Jews and Samaritans, and this is the kicker later. If you know anything of the history of that time, Jews and Samaritans were sworn enemies. They saw religious life very differently. They saw political life very differently. They hated one another. In fact, Jews hated them so much, they wouldn't even walk through the Samarian area. They would walk around it to get to where they want to go, even if it cost them days journeying. They hated one another. But... Isn't it fascinating that when pain and suffering come, something of our common humanity comes out, and they were united together to survive together. Anyway, it's a bit of a sidebar, but it's fascinating and um, beautiful. <laughs> Verse 14, when, the, when he saw them, this is Jesus, he said to them, go. Do you think that's what they were expecting to hear from Jesus? Everywhere else in the scriptures, Jesus says, come, come to me, all those are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come, let the children come to me. Everywhere else in Scripture, but Jesus says exactly what every other person had said to these lepers. Go away. Go away. <laughs> Crazy, huh? That's what he says. He says, go, show yourselves to the priests. This was a requirement of the Old Testament law. If you had been healed of lep leprosy, you had to go to the priests, and they would then certify that, yeah, you're good to go. You can come back and live in society. With, le with leprosy, you were essentially as good as dead, right? You couldn't provide for yourself in that kind of society. You kind of lived between life and death, just waiting to die. You had to leave your family, your community, anyone you loved. You had to go and live in isolation and make it happen. And um, so this is what Jesus says. He says, go and show yourselves to the priests. And then this is beautiful. So in Christian circles, we talk about walking by faith, right? Or step out in faith. This is literally what they did. It says, and they went. And as they went, they were cleansed. Literally, they stepped and walked out in faith they, with no evidence. He just said, go show yourself to the priests. They knew that, hey, there's maybe a chance we're going to get healed because they knew the law a little bit. And so they started walking. And as they walked in obedience to what Jesus instructed them to do, they were healed. That is beautiful and powerful and encouraging. Remember, these are men who didn't pledge allegiance to Jesus. They were just going on a hope and a whim. And he still graciously healed them, healed them of this uh, terrible, debilitating disease. Quite incredible. <laughs> I just imagine this picture of the, the priest, right? Quite a terrible job. You've got to kind of 
be the guy who gets in contact with the really sick people <laughs> and like certify that they're okay. But can you imagine the anxiety he was feeling as these 10 known lepers started making their way towards him, like all in a huddle. He was probably feeling a bit nervous. But he would no doubt have been in awe when these 10 men all at once are, were immediately healed of the sickness that everybody knew they had. There would have been no denying that this was an incredible, miraculous feat that Jesus had performed, once again proving that he's God in the flesh. He did this a number of times in his ministry, but proving, hey, guys, I'm God in the flesh. It was beautiful. Uh, Then on to verse 15. One of them, I love that emphasis, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And and you can imagine Luke writing this because uh, he was a Jew as far as, yeah, he was a Jew. (laughs) Like, just enjoying that. And he was a Samaritan, guys. (laughs) Just for you Jews reading this, he was a Samaritan. I don't know, I just imagine these guys doing this. I don't know if he did that, but maybe. <laughs> but only one of these guys returned. Guys, their lives had been radically transformed. They could go and actually live again with their kids and their family and be in community. Like, this was not a small thing. Not a small thing when it comes to miracles. Yet only one returned to say thank you. It's crazy. Um, yeah, and, and a Samaritan, not even a God worshiper. Yet, post this incident, it's clear that he becomes a follower of Jesus, this, this Samaritan. Just another quick sidebar here, if you will. Um, interestingly here, uh, it's pretty clear that faith in miracles does not necessarily mean faith in the God of miracles. It's pretty clear. You can see it. And I'm sure you've experienced that in your own lives, where some people in your life may have experienced this incredible supernatural thing happen to them, and they carry on their own journey. And don't give credit to God and start following him. I know I've had some people in my life who've done that. And so it's pretty clear as well here that Jesus uses miracles to say, look at me. He's using miracles as a signpost to point to him. He's not, he's not miracles for miracles' sake. He's saying miracles because I am God and I can do it. Look at me. Look at me. And clearly none of the guys missed that, right? But the one got it. He was like, wow, this is God. And so we don't come to God just for his benefits, and he's gracious, and he gives his benefits, his good things to us, even if we don't follow him. Breath in our lungs, just a grace gift from God. Relationships, a grace gift. He doesn't have to. We're not entitled to anything. From dust we have come, from dust to dust we will return. We're entitled to nothing, yet Jesus graciously gives us all that we have and all that we need. And so it's pretty clear that true saving faith brings us to God for God. It doesn't bring us to God just for his things, his stuff. It brings us to God so that we can worship him, be with him, connect with him, uh, and enjoy him. And then he gives us his stuff as well because he's so kind and good and his blessings and his miracles. Okay, we almost made our way through the text here. Uh, verse 17, Jesus asked, we're not all the ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? And this is that stinging question, that rhetorical question. Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Where are the other nine? And so the question that came to my mind and my heart when I was reading this, do you think the other nine were grateful? Like, were they grateful? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I'm pretty sure they were very, very grateful in their hearts. Very, very grateful. And so Jesus asks, where are the other nine? If anyone deserves gratitude, 
anyone is owed the biggest debt of gratitude, surely it's God in the flesh himself. Where are the other nine? And my question this morning is, how often are we the other nine? We've received gracious gifts from people around us and from God, and we've just had this little nice feeling in our hearts, and we've never said anything. Unexpressed gratitude is experienced as ingratitude. There's this wonderful saying, I used to love it, I don't love it as much anymore, um, you know, have an attitude of gratitude, because it's not good enough to have an attitude of gratitude if it's not expressed. It just isn't, because it's just for us then, it's selfish. An attitude of gratitude has to be accompanied by an expression of gratitude, either unto God, well, always unto God, but definitely also to those around us. So then the question is, why don't we express gratitude more often? I think there's a number of reasons, but two that really jump to mind for me and certainly are true for me. The first one is entitlement. That lovely word, entitlement. I, I deserve this. I deserve a roof over my head. I deserve to earn a salary. I deserve to actually wake up tomorrow morning. I mean, don't you know? And, and the truth is we don't. We truly don't. And so that, I think, is often a root of us being ungrateful. So we don't realize and recognize and we forget what we truly have is not owed to us. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Here's a word to teenagers. If there are, are there any teenagers in the room? Okay, I don't see anyone. Let me move over to uh, marrieds then. Uh, we got a teenager in the room. Can I give you a little, a little insight here? Don't tell your parents I told you this. Um, say thank you to them. It'll melt their hearts. And you know what? They might become a little bit more yes than no. Try it. Okay. Because remember, your parents don't owe you anything. Eh? Everyone in the end is a volunteer. What they've given you, they've given sacrificially and graciously to you. So, so say thank you. And then married people, myself included, um, don't let anyone outgrateful you for your spouse, like no one. And don't just do it publicly so that your wife's like, oh, you were grateful for that. Wow. Would have loved you have told me personally, uh, privately, like every day. That would be great. <laughs> but really, don't let anyone outgrateful you, guys. And I'm very challenged by this. I mentioned it earlier. I want to be the most grateful person in my wife's life, the most. She mustn't hear thank you from anyone more than from me. And so I want to encourage marriage and let that be the tone of your marriage as well. Forget these things, guys. And gratitude can feel like it has to be for these big things, but it's not. It's the simple, small things every day we can be grateful for. And it's amazing what it does for us, guys. God literally made us to be grateful. Like, it's, it helps us to thrive. I've had the privilege of being exposed to some neuroscience training recently and how God's literally wired our brains. And it's unbelievable how He's done it. And one of the wonderful things to cultivate thriving is gratitude. Okay, and the second one I think is pride. I think pride underlies pretty much everything. <laughs> this looks like the root sin of all sins. Why did I do that? Okay, okay, why again? Okay, why? Okay. Unbelief or pride is basically the root of every sin, right? <laughs> anyway, so pride's here too, believe it or not. And I think this is actually a big one, and it's quite a subtle one. Why we don't say thank you is I think sometimes because it, it indicates that we're dependent on others. Like, I needed you to help me to get to where I'm going. I needed your help. And so saying thank you immediately admits that I needed help or I received something from someone else that I couldn't have got on my own. Um, and I think that's like a subtle little thing. And let's not let that get in the way. Guys, we need one another. We need help. God's made us for community and for one another. And I don't know 
uh, it's just such a beautiful thing when we can be grateful and actually have others team with us and help us and, and, and push us along the way. It's, we go so much further together uh, than we do on our own. So I think um, entitlement and pride for me are probably two of the, the bigger obstacles to, to expressing gratitude. And one beautiful thing is the more you express gratitude, the more you express gratitude. The more you're grateful, the more you're grateful. Gratefulness begets gratefulness. And I experienced that this week as I was uh, just preparing a little bit. And I, was, I was praying in the morning and just like started praying thank, thanks for all sorts of things, some people, some stuff. And it, I, literally one thing just led to the next, next to the, I left to stop myself so I could get to work on time. And it, not because I'm special. It was just, I was like, there is so much incredible things. And actually, it brought stuff to heart, to my heart that I was like, I haven't even said thank you to that person for that, and so then I went and did it. Or I haven't even, like, thought about this before, but God, you're so kind, and you've done that. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's incredible how uh, gratitude shifts our perspectives. I want us to take a quick pause. Um, we are, we'll probably be here another 15 minutes uh, or 10 minutes, and then we'll be done. But let's take a quick pause for two minutes, again, maybe in your small groups, and ask this question. Who's the most grateful person you know? And what are some, some examples of how uh, they show their gratitude? So maybe think about that for a minute or two. Uh, but somebody should jump to mind. Who's the most grateful person you know? And what are some examples of them expressing that gratitude? And so I hope that stirred some uh, thoughts in your mind and emotions in your heart that, hey, gratitude is an incredible thing. If you're a Christ follower here this morning, we have one thing to be grateful for above all else, and that is the fact that we are called children of God, that Jesus made a way for us to come into right relationship with God. Guys, it, uh, I don't know about you, I've been walking with Jesus for a while, but I often like just take that for granted, that I can, I'm genuinely one of His, completely undeserving and broken as I am. He says, come, come be mine, be my boy. It is incredible. That is the one thing that every Christ follower here this morning, I would say that should pervade your prayers every single day. That one moment in history should be in our prayers every single day. And then every other thing that Jesus has ever done for us or that God has ever done for us as Christ followers. If we said thank you, I bet, if we said thank you for one different thing that Jesus had done for you every second of the rest of our lives, we wouldn't run out of things to be thankful for, literally. That's how good and incredible he is and he's our God. It's incredible. And he welcomes you if he's not your God. Yet, he welcomes you this morning, and he says, come, be mine. You don't have to do anything. Come as you are. You can be mine too, one of my own. It's incredible. And so my encouragement to each of us this morning is to say thank you. Now, the list you wrote down earlier, those three thank yous, the, you know, from this week, month, whatever, if those involved a person, I really want to encourage you straight after this time together to get on your phone, or whatever it is, and just send a simple message saying thank you. It's an incredible, incredible, wonderful thing. And then if there wasn't somebody, if it didn't involve a person specifically, think of something that someone has done for you. I'm sure you can think of many things and just um, express your gratitude. And it's a wonderful thing and it's amazing how far it goes. And as we do that, I'm just imagining our community. Imagine we were a community that did our best to outgrateful one another. Like, that would be crazy. Like, did I, imagine just people who are so appreciated and so grateful. I mean, that is the kind of place we want to be in, right? And we're not doing it out of fakeness, but out of a genuine love for one another and a genuine experience of thank you. You didn't have to do that. You've gone out of your way to serve. You've gone out of your way to lay down your life for me. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
It's, I just envision some of those days coming where we get, it's like, I mean, it doesn't have to, maybe it'll become a joke. I don't know. But it shouldn't be a joke. <laughs> but where we genuinely outgrate for one another. We look for things that we can say thank you for, and then we actually express it. There's many things we can do, but I bet that's one of the things that will bring so much joy, so much life, so much perspective in suffering. So much like uh, remembering the blessings and where they come from and who they're from. And I bet you it will make us much nicer people (laughs) to be around and a lot more humble because we realize we need others and we need God. And so, ah, man, come on, Lord, would we be those who are grateful for one another? Cool. We're going to land there. Um, what I want to do to close is, um, well, we're going to close with communion. But just before that, um, I want to say a few thank yous firstly. Guaranteed to cry, so good luck to you. Well, uh, sorry to you all. Um, and then if... <laughs> Thanks for that. Making all the men feel secure that it's okay to cry in public. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say a few thank yous. And then... Um, No, let's leave it there, and then we're going to go to communion, and uh, we'll share communion, and we'll say thank you to Jesus for the most incredible thing that could ever have happened to anyone, uh, but especially those who are his children, that he died and rose again for us. And in our our little um, times, uh, circles together in communion, I'd love us also just to repent, where we have had, like, entitlement, feeling of entitlement, hey, I'm owed this, Um, and then also maybe just some of the underlying pride that might be lying there, and to pray for one another. We'll get to that in a minute. I'm going to start with a few thank yous. The first one is to Jack, Alex, <laughs> I told you it's not going to go long, Les and Mark, just thank you for um, yeah, bringing you, um, being able to journey with you guys in discipleship and growing together and walking together um, and learning together and being vulnerable with one another. It's a great, great gift and a blessing. And I really, really love you guys and just thank you for our times together every week and in the weeks in between as we get to walk together, as we follow Jesus. So thank you to you guys. Thank you to the Elders and Wives team. Guys, we are part of an incredible church with <laughs> okay, okay, okay. with incredible leaders. I happen to be on the team as well, my wife and I, but <laughs> kind of playing my own horn. No, but the Elders and Wives team are just incredible. Godly men and women who love Jesus, who want the best for each of you, genuinely care for you, and... Um, yeah, laid on their lives for the sake of the blessing of this community and the Ford movement. So thank you, team, for, for um, yeah, being, having the privilege of being part of that awesome team. And then um, I don't know if any of my colleagues are watching online, um, but a huge thank you to specifically one of my directors. He knows who he is. And my colleagues, they have just been incredible. Making my transition into, back into the workplace from full-time at church staff, really fun, really awesome, and such a special thing. So Thank you to any of you if you are watching. And then thank you to my wife. Um, I do say this in private as well. So <laughs> I'm going to say it in public too. Uh, but she's just one of the most resilient, tough, incredible, loving women. And I'm, you know, God's been kind to me um, in blessing me with her. Um, so, yeah, thank you, my love. I don't know where you are. Uh, our baby's there at the back, our baby. And then uh, lastly, just a huge thank you. I mean, there's so many more. Sorry if I haven't said thank you to you. Um, yeah, please forgive me, uh, and I really trust that I will uh, be thankful to you as you uh, do things for me in the future and for our family. But thank you to you. If I missed you, sorry. Um, but a huge uh, um, expression of gratitude to you as well. And then the last one is, is to our Savior, Jesus. Man, this sounds like an acceptance speech at the Academy Awards. <laughs> 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 thank you, Jesus. <laughs> 
differences. This is genuine. <laughs> Sorry to all the Academy Award people. I'm not that famous. There's like 100 viewers. So I'm sure we'd be fine. <laughs> Probably not watching. Yeah, I think we're safe. <laughs> Hopefully there's no AI that's going to figure out my words. Sorry. Getting carried away. Anyway, um, I just want to say 16 years ago, I was not the man I am today because I was walking my own journey. And Jesus just turned that around in a moment. And that's Man, I'm grateful. Man, I'm grateful for a life that could have been just lived, self-absorbed, self-destruction, doing my own thing. Yet he was like, no, 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 come be mine. Live full life, abundant life. Not easy, full abundant life with me. So, so grateful to, to Jesus. So can I ask us all to stand this morning, guys, as we land, as we close this morning. I do want to make an opportunity for you if you want to become a follower of Jesus. You don't even know what that means fully. But if you want to say yes to Jesus, you want to receive the gift that he offers every single person to be brought back to God, to be made right with God, to be in God's family. I'm going to make a moment, an opportunity now for to pray with you so that you'll be able to take that step of faith like the lepers did and become a follower of Jesus. If that is you, I want to ask, can we just close our eyes, guys? I'd appreciate that. If that is you, I want you to quickly pop up your hand just for a moment so I can see who I'm praying with. Um, and then we're going to pray together under our breath. Is there anybody here? I don't know if you're online as well. Um, I can't see your hand, but trust that you put it up if that is you. But if there's anybody like that, um, can you just pop up your hand quickly? I'd love to pray with you. Okay, awesome. Anybody else, guys? Cool. Great. Let's close our eyes. If you are a follower of Jesus, would you just pray along with me under your breath as we pray for these, um, these individuals as they make an incredible decision. If you can just pray along with me under your breath if that was you. Thank you, Jesus, for your love, for your grace. Thank you for forgiving me. I receive your forgiveness this morning. I repent of my sin. I turn away from my sin, and I turn to you. Thank you that you welcome me into your family, not because of who I am, but because of who you are. Thank you that right now I have become your child. I praise you for that. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Guys, that is a beautiful moment right there. If that was you, if you popped up your hand... Um, won't you grab the person you came with and just let them know? Uh, if you didn't come with anybody, I'll be up front here, and I'd love to uh, chat with you a bit further and pray a bit further. Um, but on that note, if you are a Christ follower, I want to ask you to go and um, grab the communion. We've got stations there and on the side there and at the back. If you're gluten-free, we've got a few here, but not more than three. Only three of you to be allowed to be gluten-free today. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> break them if you need to. Um, yeah, so go and grab those and then come back to your chairs. You can go and grab the elements and we'll share them together.